Welcome to the Axis Effect podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, your host of the Axis Effect a podcast all about leadership and who's doing great things in the world. And I'm super excited to be here with Jen Pelka, who is the founder, CEO of Unfem, a amazing new champagne, women-owned, woman-led business. Jen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here. <laughs> I was so excited and hyper to talk to you. I think I messed up my own intro on this one, but I'm not apologizing. I'm super excited that we're chatting because, you know, we moved from me to Mavis podcast the access effect, everything stays in motion. We're all about leadership. And I got to say, having a lot of experience in PR with vineyards, I absolutely love your packaging. I just need to say that so I don't forget when I received the um, bottles. It was so amazing. And like I love that you're a female and I love your story and your history of why you did this. But okay, what I love, and I'm going to just as a brief intro, like I love that when I received my bottles of wine, the part of the box they came in, I mean, the packaging and brandings was spot on, Oh, thank which you. I'm not surprised given you come from PR out of New York. But I love that the whole front of this is Unfem was born in a champagne bar, not in a boardroom. And we partnered with world-class women winemakers to create new modern sparkling wines that celebrate women and give back to charities that impact the lives of women. At Unfem, we believe that every woman has the power to be a hero of her own story. We believe that as women, we are powerful, we are fierce, we are fearless, and we are perfectly imperfect. We are sisters, daughters, mothers, aunts, colleagues, bosses, friends, and lovers. We are dreamers and doers, hustlers and winners for anything we want to be. So whether we're toasting to a dream job, progress to a better world, or just make it through to the end of the week, we need to raise a glass to women raising the bar. I literally fell in love with this Oh, and I wanted to read it because this is like, I feel like we may be like soul sisters in another planet. I just feel like, cause I'm always all about be fearless. I always joke, like, it doesn't matter if I'm imperfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. And I always say that and people laugh at me when it comes to flaws. No, no, I'm not flawed. I'm just perfectly imperfect. You know, <laughs> that's all I am. But I honestly, I love that. This is giving back to charities. And like, this is a pretty bold mission statement. Yeah. But I love that this lays down the trajectory of leadership to step up and lead to what you just posted. That is literally what I'm assuming on every shipment of bottle of champagne and wine you guys send out. Yeah. Pretty big footsteps. <laughs> when you put this in writing, it is legit. But like, like talk to me about this. Like, in it, born in a champagne bar is like, I loved it when I saw this because I don't think I ever created any of my companies in a boardroom over. Right. They're all yeah. over a few more. They actually access MEAs, a podcast was a few martinis, you know, after event. <laughs> Tell me like, like, when did you start this company and why like talking about this mission statement? Absolutely. Well, the way that we started the company is that I had two champagne bars, one in San Francisco, one in New York, both called The Riddler. And all of our investors in both locations were women. So 33 investors in San Francisco, 40 in New York, all incredible, incredible women. And that became a really big part of our 
our community and all of our storytelling was just a huge focus on women supporting women. And we would so often have guests come into the restaurant who were two women getting together for drinks on a Tuesday night or like celebrating some really big occasion or some big accomplishment and just cracking open a bottle of champagne and toasting to one another and enjoying the enjoying the evening. And I think so many women do love getting together around wine and especially around bubbles. And for us, what we found at the bars was that so many of our guests were asking about women-made wines. And we would feature wines made by women on the list. And so many guests would say, like, where can I find women-made wines? How do I know a wine is made by a woman, et cetera? And so I was like, why is there not a brand for this? And we launched this brand really truly as our house wine at the Riddler. And our first was a beautiful organic grower producer champagne from a fifth generation producer in France. And that wine did incredible incredibly well. People really loved it. And then we realized that we wanted to launch some California sparkling wines. And we launched our sparkling rosé about six months later. And ever since then, it's been, you know, sort of a, a wild ride. And it's been a tremendous amount of fun. So what's incredible to see is that there are so many women who resonate with this mission and who do want to support other women and want to toast to important women in their lives with something that they know is going back to the whole ecosystem of supporting women across the board. Yeah, now I absolutely love this. I was literally was a guest on a podcast the other day and we talked about leadership and women in business and supporting women in business. And I kind of like voiced it out loud, which I never really do because I always get like my hand slapped. Is like, I will support women when they deserve to be supported, not just because they're a woman. And I hate that whole playing the victim crap. Well, because I'm a female in a male-dominated industry, I'm like, really? Because I'm in the most male-dominated industry from tech and sports and everything. And I got to tell you, I'm not intimidated. I'd rather sit in a boardroom with men than women because it's very emotional. They get all jealous to the dust. So when I find other women leaders, like I just magnetized to them. Like I cannot let go of them because it's very rare to find women who have not just stood up on their own, created their own empire, walk the walk, talk to talk, but they don't make apologies for it. They're unapologetic. They don't place me. If they fall, they fall, they get back up and they keep moving forward and learn from it. They don't sit there and accuse it because there's men around or they're in the boardroom. And so when I find women like that, like those are my best friends. And like, so I just decided you're my new best friend because I, I love this. <laughs> yeah, and, we're the same people, you know? Yeah, it's- and it just, and I do agree. I do agree women do need support, but women's got to understand you've got to support other women. There was somebody who made a comment on a panel I was at. I had one of my, our clients, amazing. She was a top engineer at Intel. And these Sashi, just the most amazing woman, part Indian, part British, beautiful, strikingly beautiful girl, super smart, sat there at the side of the table at the top at Intel. And she was there because she held her own. She deserved to be there. She was not intimidated. She was not fearful. She supported women who deserved to be right by her. But somebody made a comment. The reason why most women don't get ahead in this world isn't men. It's other women that put them down. And that always resonated with me because I 100% believe that is true. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's just my opinion. I get it. But I do believe women don't succeed because of other women in business, not men. It's just easy to pray victim and to not, it's just, I just think there's so much society and media that feed into this bullshit where you do have the same rights. You do have the opportunity to lead, step up and lead, own your leadership. 
And, you know, my big thing is when I see people like that, yeah, I agree. You do want to embrace them. You do want to support them. Yeah. And and I think, I think when we see more examples and models of women who are just out there kicking ass unapologetically, it helps to push it all forward pretty easily. Oh God, I'll curse in front of any guy. I don't care. I I just, I'm just, (laughs) do not give a shit. I will hold my own against anybody, no matter who they are. And I pretty much have, and I'm super proud of that. But I I love, so I love that you, you had your own bubble bar. I always call them bubble bars. Yeah, Um, I love that. I love that you had that. And now you have your own vineyard. How long has Unfem been around for? So we've only been around for about two and a half years and we've grown really dramatically over that time. So we launched, as I said, as our house wine at the Riddler. And we thought we were going to be a small brand with cool local following in San Francisco, New York, LA, Chicago, which we definitely do. And we're incredibly grateful for. But we also now have grown to have some huge national partners. So our biggest partner is Delta Airlines, actually. So yeah, so we've grown actually to become a global partner to Delta. So we're now the sparkling wine available on every Delta plane in the world. Nice. So I need to fly Delta and drink your wine. That's right. That's right. It is so wild. We love. Are you available? I mean, are you guys like? Are you guys distributed like within like Whole Foods? Are you nationwide? Anybody yeah, we're, we have national distribution. We're in tons of incredible independent retail shops all across the country. We are actually launching in Target in March nationwide, which we're so excited about. We love Target. And I grew up as a Target shopper, hardcore. And I think every woman I know loves Target. We are at great fine dining restaurants, et cetera. And then also, if you are a luxury traveler, we are available by the glass at every Ritz-Carlton in the U.S. as well. So anytime you're at the Ritz, you can drink our wines. But we have a section on the website where you can hit shop and it shows you where you can shop locally. Yeah. So there's a few things I absolutely love. It's like this is like a lifestyle. You you have actually your own credit card. Yeah, we do. You can buy that Unfem card, which is amazing, which is through, I'm assuming, one of the big banks that anybody could apply for on that. But I love that you have your Hall of Femme. I love that, the plan words, Hall of Femme, which is, talk to me about, like, being inspired, why you chose these women to be in your Hall of Femme on a reason, how they got there. Sure. So the Hall of Femme is a, a program that we launched last year. I had a goal to celebrate 365 women in a year. And we both selected and received nominations from so many incredible people across the country for women who had shattered glass ceilings in some yeah. way. And, you know, we believe that you don't have to be the first woman in the world to do something or in history to do something to shatter a glass ceiling. You could be the first woman in your family or in your neighborhood to accomplish something. And it really does break through and and shatter those glass ceilings and break those barriers. So this community of women, we sent them these really cool crates of our wine. And the top part of the crate was stunt glass. So they literally would shatter the glass ceiling to get into the wine. Nice. So cool. So, so, so fun. So it was like, a fun award for them and kind of a fun viral campaign. And it was so amazing seeing people on Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn shattering these glass ceilings. And there are so many examples of women doing it like with their kids or like with their team, yeah. or with their mom and, you know, people crying. And, you know, it's, it's very emotional. All of these women who are pushing forward things in their lives. And so this year we're evolving the program around a, a program called Project Gather. And we should definitely have you host one of these events where we're going to be working with 
in the year of 2023, 2023 women to host events all across the country and gather women together, drink wine and talk about big topics. And every woman will receive a gather guide and some wine from Unfem. And we really believe that when you get women together in a room, you can make a huge amount of progress. You can start all kinds of cool, creative projects. There's like so much support. There's something in the support that we all have as women where we kind of understand each other and can push a lot of things forward. So that's sort of an extension of the Hall of Femme this year. So that's where you have, you could submit somebody you know for the Hall of Fame yeah. on the website. I, yeah, I would love, love, love to do an event for you. We just, I know such amazing women that I'm so proud to call my friends. Yeah. And it's funny because every time it's like, it's like, I'm always like teamwork makes a dream work. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's so funny because I have my hashtags. Every time on LinkedIn, everything I do is always teamwork makes a dream work or on your leadership, which is what we kind of coined through access on our newsletters and stuff. And I, I just like, the more you're talking with people collaborating the more inspiration, motivation, you know, comes out of this. And I think that's also part of being leader, like mm-hmm. leadership. Cause like, you know, I think it's easy and I want to pivot to leadership because I love like everything you're doing. Isn't like a oh, look at me, look at me being a female. I deserve all the kudos. It's kind of a, a woman. You are literally like breaking the glass ceiling yourself on this by starting your own. You had your champagne bars. Now you have your own vineyard. With champagne and wine, you are literally honoring women who deserve to be honored, not just because they're women and you're female, but because they literally have that leadership capabilities. And I always like, I just cannot jump on that bandwagon just because I'm a female. I have to support you. And I've had a lot of friends and people meet us like, well, you should just given who you are and how well known you are. No, there's a lot of women that are great leaders and a lot that aren't. There's a lot of men that are really great leaders, a lot that aren't. It's coming down to owning your leadership of who you are. Absolutely. I feel like we all, and we always ask these questions, like, you know, it's so great to, you know, you're a CEO, look at everything you've accomplished. Talk about breaking glass ceilings with men, but the grass isn't greener. It's a different shade of green. You just got to figure out which side you could excel, learn, grow at. And like, I'm a big believer that anybody, anybody can make an easy decision. We all make easy decisions day in and day out. It's making the hard decisions. And how do you handle it? And walk with the class and grace of which you entered it. That to me is a sign of a good leader. You know, a good leader, like for me, like if I had to so pick and choose, that's one of it. My second thing, I got three things that I always look for in people leadership is we all, all make decisions regardless, regardless of where we're at. We all have to make a hard decision and it's going to usually screw someone else over either. Somebody's going to get fired or somebody and not saying they get thrown on the bus by act on purpose, but it's politics. It's you got vendors, you got to do stuff. You just got to make decisions. Sometimes that's in your best interest as a leader. And it may negatively affect an employee, a vendor or somebody else who may be removed or let go. And my big thing is never, ever make run make a decision based on ego is my biggest thing. Don't run a company based on ego. And if I have to make a decision and it's not a good decision and it hurts somebody, I have to go up to that employee, that vendor, that person and explain to them, I made a bad decision. You may be fired. This may affect you scaling down, whatever it is. You're still valuable to me. You're still appreciated. And my decision was my decision, but I can never make decisions and let you walk away feeling like, you know, just, you're just a target. You're just indispensable or making you feel like you just collateral damage. You just, I can't like ever let somebody walk away from like collateral damage because my ego 
is more important. I have to own that I made a decision that may not end well. And here's the reasons why, but you can never walk away feeling like collateral damage because you should always walk away feeling better when I walked up to you than when I left you. So that's my second one. My third one is I always don't see people failing. I find successes and failures, not a failure. Yeah, it sucks. It hurts. It stings. But there's failures aren't failures. Failures are successes because I learned something or I met somebody who helped me through something who opened another door or something happened that put me in a position to go right versus left. But there's so many successes coming out of failures and to recognize that and to move forward. Those are signs to me of true leadership. Those are my three leadership levels. So I'm going to kind of like, like, like if you're looking at your UNFEM, your Hall of Fem honorees, all these women, you're doing a big project this year, which I love. What are the three or four things that are so important to you from a leadership standpoint? And then are you living them as like, you know, what you think are important or are there areas that like, you know what, these are things that I believe are true leadership skills. I'm still learning. I still learn from my mistakes and I still got to move forward from it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I learned the most during COVID is that as a leader, you have to remember that you are the captain of the ship and people are looking to you for which direction you're going in and setting a clear path with clear expectations, but also leaving enough room for smart, empowered people on your team to contribute. And I think that's one of the very, very hardest things for leaders to really get good at is like fully trusting and fully, it's not even about delegating. It's about really empowering people on your team to think big and to push things forward. So I think that's absolutely one. So like setting a clear course, I think number two is like dreaming really big. You want to swing for the fences as much as you possibly can. You know, very much to your point, like there are going to be failures along the way. But if you keep swinging for the fences and you keep shooting your shot again and again and again, you're going to get a lot further than if you don't take those risks. And so I think big vision, bold vision, those are incredibly important. And then I would say the third piece really is about figuring out what you think your unique contribution to the world can be and what your personal mission is, where you want your impact to be. Of course, as leaders, we want to create valuable companies. We want to create great financial opportunities for members of our team and our investors. But we also want to do all of this while we're making a positive impact on the world. And I actually think that that's what consumers are looking for. Like we're not we're no longer just looking for things that are beautiful or delicious or coveted. I think that we all were thinking about how we spend our money in ways that can be beautiful or delicious or coveted, but also are making a positive impact. And so that's why for us, all of our wines give back to charities that benefit women. And the reason why I want to grow and scale this company to be a really big company is that I would like to make as big of an impact as we possibly can. And I think our impact comes through really in two ways. One is through these direct relationships with our charitable partners. But the second is really around this female empowerment component. Like the more women we can get celebrating each other, toasting to these big moments, that does have a really positive effect on on the world. And I think champagne for so long has been associated with like popping bottles and like showing off. I think for us, it's more about 
like showing up for each other and celebrating together and and really being collaborative with one another as women. I love that you said that is show up, don't show off. Yeah. I, I just feel like that, that, that's amazing. And I love that you're giving back to other women. So like you have a whole charity, a whole social cause attached to this company. Now, is it like for every bottle you buy, percentage goes to a charity or how are you guys handling that? And what's that like? So each of our wines is a different charitable partner. Our two biggest partners are Dress for Success and the Breast Cancer Research Fund. And we donate a portion of proceeds from all of the wines. And we donate literally like tens of thousands of dollars a month to each of these charities. And we also do a lot in terms of donations to events and support in kind, which is another significant and important piece of it. And those organizations are super important to us. We've been able to make really big donations to the Breast Cancer Research Fund because that's our partner for Delta. And, you know, being on every plane in the world, it's pretty significant. And that is such a huge win. Like, like honestly, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. You're a major, major Thanks. airline. And you are either their main wine of choice, If right? Yeah. If you drink sparkling wine on Delta, you drink our wine. I, that's absolutely amazing. Cool. Honestly. So- I need to go book a flight on Delta. Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> just to make sure that I think that's absolutely amazing. I absolutely love how you came about all of this. Where does this all come from? I mean, you did champagne in these two champagne rooms, New York, San Francisco. I mean, did you just have that aha moment? Like, why am I selling this to bars when I could do it on my own? It's interesting. For this company, we didn't do a business plan and we didn't set out to build a big business. I really started the company because of a need that we had at the restaurant, which was we wanted to celebrate women made wines. We wanted to have our house wine. And we were good friends with this woman, Julie Medvie from the Goni Medvie family, who makes incredible champagnes. She was a big fan of the Riddler. And we just teamed up to do this as almost like a side hustle. And then we noticed that there was a real need and it kept growing and it kept growing. And and here we are, we've gotten quite a bit bigger and we still have huge aspirations way beyond where we, where we are now. And I think, you know, I've started, this is the third company I've started. And in other instances, I have written business plans and I have had, you know, the five-year plan from before the launch. And that is, I would say for most people, like, how we would advise to like start a company. But sometimes projects just happen organically and then they take off organically. And then that's when you go back and write the business plan and figure out what's your five-year vision, what's your 10-year vision. And so sometimes that's okay. You know, I'm incredibly grateful because my co-founder is my brother and he is a hardcore ops and finance guy. He went to Wharton. He's started and sold a couple companies and super, super smart guy and a great counterbalance to me. I'm much more focused on the sales and marketing side and on the overall team leadership side and obviously as like a face of the company. But what I've learned as somebody who comes from the PR and marketing world is like, I know how to build a brand and build a community behind that brand. But you also have to make sure like you've got tons of product available. And this is a a business that is really intense from a supply chain perspective and from a compliance perspective and all of these things. So I feel 
back to the leadership piece, I feel so grateful for the first time ever to have a co-founder and somebody who I trust so much who is my brother and to have somebody who I can share the burden with in terms yeah. of all of the key initiatives that we need to tackle as a company. Yeah. I mean, launching products is hard. It's budget, it's product. Got to start that out. I love that you didn't have a business plan. like Because I mean, I, I never had one either. I never thought about it. They were all accidents. And it's funny that we talk about that because everybody thinks, oh, you, you're leading. You must have the plans and the, the decks and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're a leader or you're not a leader. You're intuitive. You have that foresight to know what to do, to be strategic and pivot, lean into what you need to, bring in people around you that you know are areas of strength that you lack. But like when I started my agency, I never had a business plan. I just was leaving a big global firm I was running to start my own on burnout. And I, one of my top clients was like, we're not leaving you. We'll pay you. We pay a huge agency because we can't lose you. Well, that was right before 189 million M&A. So in hindsight, it was their best interest, but it was my best. Because <laughs> they took that leap of faith in me when I was literally, I think in my 20s, like well, I'm, I'm leaving this agency world, but started my own. But it was like three martinis after a Giants game up in San Francisco. And this, it came about within a week or two. I'm like, oh shit, I got my own agency. <laughs> and then like 16 yeah. years later, here we are on the top PR firms in the space. But then when I started the awards, the Mo, um, Media Excellence Awards, it was just a one-off thing. There was no plan. Year two, when are submissions open? Submissions for what? The awards. Oh shit, my name's on that. <laughs> Call everybody back in as a board. Hey, need rally up. Year three, year four. I'm like, oh shit, this is legit. We're now start launching year 16. Podcast. Same thing, no plan. Had a glass of wine with a girlfriend. We're like, we're in COVID. I'm like, and she's also a publicist for the celebrity side and red carpet side that we work with on and off. And I'm like, oh my God, we are so funny. We should do a podcast. And so she's female, amazing girl. Love Michelle for everything she's done at AMB Publicity. And she went ahead and supported me to be my co-host to help me build my podcast. She wasn't planning on sticking out. She stayed as long as she, I needed her because she was supporting me to have a podcast so I could do it on my own. And to me, that's the most unbiased support for women. We have another female who's not a competitor, but kind of, you know, she was doing yeah. their own agency, supporting my podcast, everything I needed. She was tremendous in this. And like Michelle's still a good friend, but she's like, this isn't permanent. I'm just here to help you hit one of your another dream or mission that you want to accomplish. And to me, like those are the kinds of people I want to surround myself with. It's people that are really, truly there, authentic for the right reasons because they want to see you succeed. And, and there's something to be said about having really strong women around you, that unconditional love. That's what I was looking so for true. and support so and everything. So, I mean, I do love that you didn't have a business plan. I so <laughs> that. Do you guys make Dick, do you have a vineyard up in San Francisco? So we don't own a vineyard, but we work with a lot of vineyard partners. And we, so for example, in Champagne, they own the vineyards and we partner with them on that Champagne production. Basically, wow. they like create a wine specifically for us. With our sparkling white and sparkling rosé from California, we partner with vineyards and then we make the wine. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, I really love all of this about you. Like, it's like you have such unconditional support from other women and you're giving back the same unconditional support to other women as well. Hence why you have 
the um, Hall of Fame and everything. And I just think that's tremendous. I think that is such a selfless act of kindness of what you're doing by going beyond just what your business model is to help support other women on the charity side and to recognize leaders within your own ecosystem of UNFEM and what that means to you. It is so important. And I really feel that the rising tide lifts all boats. Like we as a community of women, the more access to capital we have, the more we can partner with each other, the more we can support each other. You know, this is what's been happening for hundreds of years across other communities. And so we might as well do it ourselves. Yeah. I you are so inspiring. Like, honestly, you're that female leadership that I think most women need to aspire to be like. You're running your company. You're supporting other women unconditionally. You're growing the ecosystem. Honestly, so impressed with everything you've done. What do we have to look forward to? Are you coming up in this next year, if you could talk about it? Are you, is it just more skew, more expansion of more wines? I mean, what are you doing that's going to actually, we could talk about that. Yeah. We have a couple big projects that are coming up that we're so excited about. So number one is we're looking at doing some international exports. So we're currently looking into Canada and Asia. So Japan, Korea, and a few other markets. We would love to do the UK as well. We've just had a lot of interest from hotel groups, restaurant groups, et cetera, in a lot of markets across other countries. And so that's a huge project that we're launching right now. Very, very excited about that. We will also be bringing back champagne and we're working with a new producer who we're super excited about. So we'll be launching most likely a champagne this fall and then a rosé champagne in the spring of next year. So right now you just have wine. You don't have champagne. We have sparkling wines from California. Got it. Okay. And we had a champagne. It was super allocated and limited edition and it was incredibly popular and is long sold out. And then we launched a sparkling white wine from California and a sparkling rosé from California. And then we'll be bringing back champagne later this year, which we're really excited about. But our sparkling wines, the ones that we sent you, those are those are from California. Yeah. And so, so that's super exciting. As I said, launching nationwide at Target is a huge, yeah. huge, big new moment for us and a big opportunity for exposure and for people to be able to get the wines close to them, no matter what market they live in. And, you know, we're swinging for the fences, as I said, like we hope to be in some arenas soon. We hope I would love to be at the White House. If anybody listening works at the White House, please give me a call. <laughs> and I think most importantly, you know, we've hired an incredible team of folks who are working across the U.S. to get these wines into great independent retail shops and restaurants. We have great relationships with female restaurant owners, female sommeliers, female chefs. And that is one of our biggest areas of support in terms of places that put us on their lists. So that's been amazing. I mean, we would love to do some really big events. And, you know, I think you and I have an opportunity to team up on that front too. Yeah, no, I'm excited to work with you beyond this right now. I absolutely love it and love what you've been doing. Is there, so super excited. So we got a new champagne coming out. We have Globe Expansion all over Target. I think this is amazing. What I love about when I'm in London and when I've traveled, I've seen a few times in Europe, the little champagne, like like I said, the food truck, it's a champagne truck. And there's some agencies that I know that I've worked with in London Oh my God, I'm talking about the experience on the creative side. I always feel, and this is a really bad thing to say, but some of the best, most creative teams I've ever ran across and worked with always seem to come out of London. Oh, 
London's the best. London's so cool. It's something to at do. the center of Europe. And yeah. I mean, it's such an incredibly cosmopolitan I mean, New, 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 New York is also amazing. So it's LA. It's just, you know, it's just the culture. I think the culture in Europe is a little bit more easygoing and stuff. So they don't have such restrictions as right. we here. And I think it's amazing. Okay, for anybody who wants to purchase the wines, they can just go on to unfemwines.com, which is U-N-E-F-E-M-M-E wines.com and they can find a list of where the wines are distributed in their area yep and do you guys ship to people's houses we do absolutely okay. so the wines that we sent you in that cool gift box and so i can send a gift box to somebody else to clients or other people as well which is awesome okay where can people find you if they want to chat with you directly certainly instagram and linkedin and the brand is on instagram linkedin twitter and so am i I think this is awesome. I got one, this one last question for you. As a CEO, as a female leader, what mistakes have you made or what big thing that you actually can talk about that you realize has to change and pivot that you learn from or that you feel you could tell other people how to do it or what they need to do to be better at it? I would say back to your point earlier, like all of these failures actually contribute to our long-term success. And I think something that I've learned is that resilience is probably the most important factor for long-term success as a founder or a leader in general. You know, the reality is that the the kind of growth curves that you see of up and to the right are really up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down until yeah. they're up to the right. And, you know, yesterday, as an example, we lost an important account because the wines weren't a perfect fit. But then we also got like a huge additional account that was like a much better fit for us. And so you have to, I think with each little setback, you find that if you keep pushing through, sometimes you get much bigger moments of success. And I think, you know, being a founder is almost like training for an endurance athletic sport. If you want to be a marathoner, you have to train and train and train and train and train and you might get injured, but then you get back to it and you just, you've got to just keep pushing. And so the the advice that I give to founders who sometimes feel like, oh, I just don't know if I can push any further is like, number one, take a break. If you're at four o'clock in your day and you're exhausted and you feel like you can't push until 10 p.m. tonight, don't push until 10 p.m. Take a break at four o'clock and cook dinner and go for a walk, go for a run, do whatever you want to do. And like, just get back to it tomorrow. So much of success in in anything, especially in business is really about like, long term consistency, giving yourself a break, understanding that there are going to be moments of hardship and just continuing to push through. Yeah, I feel like for every step back we take, we just got to get two steps forward and just do it. I say I'm always about like, you know, breathe, stop, breathe, reset. Mm -hmm. Like You said, Jim, whatever it is, just, you know, just keep moving forward. But I think that this also goes into that, that you're, you just hit that, that mental block at four or five o'clock where you're so overwhelmed. You just can't even pick up another email, make another call. You're just spent. It's okay. Cause nothing is that critical today. That isn't going to be there tomorrow that you could pick up on. But I feel like going back to it tomorrow with a better mindset is better than pushing through today. And I feel like this goes into a lot. And I feel like we talk about leadership, but what a lot of people don't understand being on this as a CEO, you don't talk to your staff, you don't talk to your VPs, you talk to other leaders, because you need an objective, you go, you got to keep your dirty laundry, I don't know, whatever you call it, you got to keep it out of the business. If you're mentally like, oh my God, I'm exhausted, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, you can't put that on your employees, you can't put that on your team. And I think we walk around, a lot of people walk around, you look good, you're smiling, everything's great. 
But nine out of 10 times are not good on the inside. It's always been easier to fake it on the outside. And I feel like we overlook that mental. We see people in big positions, big people. Wow, it's a really good gig. That's an amazing job. Global, international, having so much fun on your posts. But let's be honest. Like, Are we posting a lot to hide that we are crumbling on the inside and we just are mentally exhausted to keep appearances up? Because I feel like that's when you do take a break. You step back. You reset. And I feel like the mental health part of that when it comes to leadership has to be addressed more. But people are afraid to talk about it if they're leading a company or a team globally. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay yeah. to ask for help because we all have advisors and friends around us that aren't directly in our industry that could see a better perspective than what people closer to us do. So um, I, it, it's all about communication. I think relationships take hard conversations and we've got to be able to have hard conversations on relationships that are important to us and not be afraid of it. So I, I love everything about you just oozes leadership. Oh, I absolutely love chatting you with you. We are running out of time, but we're going to keep chatting for a second for everybody. We have Jen Pelka, CEO, co-founder of Unfem Wines, amazing wine, brilliant packaging, give you back to women, get on the website, check it out. If you're a female founder, go on and submit for your, it's your 2023, what, what are we calling this Special, again? We're doing all these amazing events called Project Gather. And okay. any women who are interested in hosting a really cool event for women in their lives who are important to them, reach out to us on the website and we will include you. We would love to. Or if you feel that you're part of the Unfem Hall of Fame and you are yep. a leader, go ahead and apply. Absolutely. So good to have you on the show, Jen. Absolutely. I was so, so excited all week for the past two weeks. So now we rescheduled. So I'm glad I was able to get you back on. Yeah. And we will stay in touch with you. But this is Sarah Miller with the Axis Effect with Jen Pelka. And we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Axis Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.